Welcome to the Akashic Musings Podcast. My name is Laura Mazzotta, and I will be your guide during this sacred experience. I'm an Akashic healer and teacher, and I've also been a therapist for almost 20 years. This podcast is your go-to opportunity for all things healing, inspiration, and empowerment. I will be sharing potent wisdom from divine intelligence in the space of the Akashic Records. For more understanding of what the Akashic Records are, I encourage you to listen to episode one or head over to my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'm so grateful to have you here, receiving the powerful energetic shifts that radiate through these messages. Just by listening in, you're doing your part to raise the vibration of the planet and fully realize our natural state of wellness and vitality. Without further ado, here's today's episode. about subconscious vicarious trauma. And I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, you are a treatment provider of some kind. You're either a mental health counselor, marriage and family therapist, psychotherapist, healer, coach, helper of some kind. And this conversation is going to be around, and and honestly, this can apply for nurses, for doctors, any kind of healthcare professional as well. We interact with all walks of life. We interact with so many people that have honestly experienced some of the worst things. And we get a snapshot of parts of the human psyche, parts of the earth and our experiences here that can give us a bit of a jaded view of humanity. And Many of us can hold perspective on that and not really fall prey to that negative thought and negative belief system that this is a reflection of what the world is like, but it can happen. And subconscious vicarious trauma is something that doesn't just apply in an instance like somebody's bringing something forward that's absolutely horrendous and really activating you and your nervous system, but it can be something that's just low level a low-level pattern that reminds your subconscious mind of something that has gone on in your past or triggers your nervous system for something that honestly may be encoded in your nervous system from your ancestry or from a previous lifetime that you may not even have conscious awareness of. And so this conversation today is really going to be about prevention so that you have knowledge and understanding to be able to implement preventively So you do not end up carrying around this subconscious vicarious trauma that other people are either sharing with you or projecting onto you or reflecting to you because everyone is our mirror. And so people come to you as clients and they share experiences in their lives or in their internal world and you're meant to meet with that person. There is something about your connection with that person that allows you to understand them deeply, allows them to understand you deeply, allows the communication to flow, and allows whatever lessons you're meant to take from each other's field or the interactions between you to really be integrated into the next version of yourself. So we're going to talk about this in a couple different ways. One is we're going to talk about this in terms of 
Little Red Riding Hood. So we're going to talk there first. We all know this story of Little Red Riding Hood prance, prance, prancing through the forest with her little basket of goodies, doing something nice, taking something over to her grandmother. I don't know if her grandmother wasn't well. I think she wasn't well in this story. But she was going to see her grandmother and she had this basket of goodies and she was doing something nice, just like we are as therapists, doing something nice, bringing something good to our clients. But little did she know that there was something insidious lurking in the background. She didn't realize this until her life was flashing before her eyes. And all of a sudden she's faced with, oh my goodness gracious, what do I do now? Right? This is what can happen to us when we are not aware of this subconscious vicarious trauma that's leaking into our field or our psyche in ways that are not conscious. And I tell you this because my experience as a therapist ended up shifting to spiritual empowerment coaching after I got sepsis. And I had been working in corporate America for a long time before I entered the psychotherapy field. And while I was working in corporate America, I would come home every day crying, hating my job. I consciously knew it wasn't for me. I consciously knew I was burning out and I had to make a choice to do something differently. I had always dreamed of being a therapist, but there were a few things that I wanted to try out that I had considered before I made that commitment and kind of pigeonholed myself into that path. And what's interesting is that once I joined the therapy world, I rarely felt I rarely came home crying. I rarely felt this, I hate my job. But the subconscious vicarious trauma that I was carrying from working with people who were severely mentally ill, people who were what we would consider maybe the worried well, who aren't severely mentally ill, but may have some subconscious patterns that are reflecting and agitating some of the patterns that we've experienced either consciously in our lifetimes or in previous lifetimes or that have existed within generations before us. So you could say, well, Laura, your boundaries just weren't strong enough. At times, yes, that's accurate. But I'm a very introspective person. I've been going to therapy since the age of seven. I've always been very intuitive and very introspective and have consistently consulted supervisors and peer supervision. So technically, I was doing all the things to take care of myself. It just wasn't deep enough. It wasn't sustainable enough. I wasn't clearing my field and realizing how much consistent, repeated exposure to trauma over several years can impact me subconsciously. Because that's exactly what it is. We talk to all of these clients about their experiences and their trauma and complex PTSD and all these back-to-back experiences that have occurred over the course of our lifetimes. And we're not looking at ourselves and realizing that we're exposing ourselves to that every single day as therapists. And we're very happy with the service we're providing. We're very satisfied with that. And consciously, we can feel just fine. I honestly felt just fine. I felt just fine. I didn't think it was bugging me. My boundaries kept up leveling. I kept shifting them as I had greater and greater awareness of where I needed to implement those. I responded well to the feedback I was getting from my clients and from my supervisors in terms of increasing my boundaries. But the problem was... I was doing all this from a cognitive space. What I wasn't focusing on is that trauma, if you've read anything by Peter Levine, 
or Stephen Porges or Deb Dana. Trauma is held in the body. It's encoded in our cells. This is the, the cornerstone of polyvagal theory of neurological approaches to really neuroscience, neurological approaches to psychological challenges. Trauma is time and time again been shown to be held in the body and to be passed down by at least three generations from our ancestry. And that's just, that's research. Hundreds and hundreds of research studies have confirmed that. And they're just starting in that area. But this trauma was held in my body and unfortunately it built up to the point where I got sepsis and I have been recovering since. And what I've learned when I could only get so far with the medical field was to really start exploring other ways that I could heal myself. And when I found Reiki and the Akashic records and energy healing and spirituality at a greater depth than I had already experienced it because I was always very spiritual, my eyes were widely opened to the depths of healing and transformation that we can experience as human beings. And what I found was that these practices were so much more sustainable because the soul is unwavering. The soul is always consistent. It's always there. And when we rely on other people and external feedback or experiences in our lives to be able to assist us with moving forward, we then develop this codependency on that, but we also are not standing in our full sovereignty and are not fully understanding our soul's mission. Our souls chose to be here for a reason. And we're meant to understand that. We're meant to come to that understanding over the course of our lives. So listen, if you're an enlightened, consistently grounded human being without any emotional trauma in your life, you can disregard this conversation and use it for guidance and seeds of wisdom for other therapists or loved ones in your life. But the fact is that most people who elect to be therapists have a reason for doing so. They usually have some kind of story related to mental health or mental illness that has motivated them to help other people in this field. And the problem with that mentality is, number one, that can easily turn into savior mentality, which is Truly, when we are trying to save other people, we're, we're really just looking for ourselves to be saved. And when we enter with this mentality, the second problem is that without spirituality, our energy is slowly being drained and siphoned in the background. Because people who are coming into therapists the vast majority of the time are coming because they've reached a certain breaking point or they've reached a point where they're like, I can't take this anymore. I need outside help. I've tried to do this on my own in multiple different ways from multiple different angles, and it's just not working. I'm not moving forward in the way that I desire. And so they're usually a little further along than preventive when they come into us. And so when that happens, they're not in a space. They're really, they're, they're more desperate. Most of the time, they're in a greater space of desperation than if they're coming in preventively. And when that happens, they're grasping from us. And the truth is that most therapists are empathic, right? We're empaths. And empaths are ones who can sense and feel and, and take on other people's energy without conscious awareness. And until you're aware of this, you can have the best boundaries on the planet, but if you're not managing your energetics, you're going to be impacted 
without even knowing it. And it's like this slow breakdown in the background. And this isn't to scare you. It's to educate you so that you can put practices in place now to prevent these kinds of things from wearing your body down and keeping yourself in this space of the most solid energetic foundation for yourself, your loved ones, and for your clients. You may also find that you don't have any issues with your clients, but you're tired all the time. Or you don't have any issues with your clients, but you're more preoccupied when you're at home with your family. Or you're feeling distant in your relationship. Or you're more irritable than you'd like to be. All of these signs are energetic draining. And burnout is one of the number one reasons that people leave, if not the number one reason that people leave the therapy field. So it's a very important conversation to have because we're, we're not meant to drag people up from the depths. In fact, it disempowers other people for us to do that. Okay, so you're not meant to, to save anyone or to, to drag them through the mud of their hell. Okay, they need to be motivated. And you're meant to model and embody what your clients desire. When you hold the utmost faith in them to get to wherever they need to go, they don't need to siphon anything from you because they just get to witness you and they get to follow that model. And when you're firmly rooted in who you are and what you're meant for, their stuff isn't going to impact you as much. It's just not. They then get to see you start to act accordingly and then feel empowered because, oh my gosh, I did this myself, right? And that doesn't mean that, you know, we're not going to have people as therapists come into our office with some really severe stuff going on. And that's your choice. You get to decide where you are in terms of whether you refer them out or not. In terms of how grounded am I? How centered am I? How in touch am I with my soul's mission on this planet? Like the reason that I'm here. What is the impact that I am meant to make as a therapist? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Because when we're working with clients and we are in touch with our soul and we've opened ourselves as this channel of universal energy, allowing it to flow through us. It's like we're sitting in session and we just close our eyes for a quick second or just take a pause, take a nice deep breath in, pull in that energy from our crown all the way through our physical body, letting it come out our heart space or allowing it to just emanate out from you. You're ushering energy forward from the universe instead of giving it from your own field. You are acting as a messenger of what they are meant to hear in the moment. The other piece here is that when you're bringing universal intelligence through, you are only bringing through the information and the energy and the changes that are ready to be integrated in that client's field all the time. at the time. So you're not just giving them feedback and advice based on your human and what you know of their human. And when you get in touch with their soul and you guys do this together... Then you have even more data, higher intelligence, higher perspective of maybe they're meant to go through this shit storm. Maybe they're meant to have this challenge and experience and work through it in a way that allows them to move to that next level to get a much deeper and more intimate understanding of themselves and what they're meant to do in this planet. We don't want to take that away from them. We don't want to rob them of their bottom their rock bottom, because that is often what can motivate people to completely change their lives. 
Now, of course, this is different if we know that they're going to harm themselves or something negative is going to happen to them that's really going to impact their health and wellness. But it's something to really deeply consider that learning about energy, I highly recommend getting The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar. It's a great book to start understanding energy and to start bringing this into your practice and into your full embodiment of who you are. What you're going to find is that as you open yourself to this, you're going to learn so much more intimate information about yourself than you even knew was available. And when you do that, you're going to be rising to a frequency and a vibration that is naturally going to impact your clients whether you ever ever open your mouth or not. Okay, And you're attuning your energy field, which includes your body, includes your cells, to a frequency that is not available for illness and disease, that is not available for symptoms. And you can even decide that at this point. I'm not available for that. Because if you're experiencing fatigue, if you're experiencing burnout, if you're frustrated with a client, if you're not looking forward to going to work, if any of those things are in place then I promise you, you're somebody who is empathic, who's being drained. And you may be really freaking good at holding it together. I was. But it's funny because now that I'm out of it, now that I'm no longer a traditional therapist and I'm working as a coach and I'm doing all this spiritual healing work all the time, the subconscious trauma is presenting itself through me. And I now have awareness of all of the litany of areas that I was impacted, not with specific examples necessarily and specific memories, but patterns that were coming forward from my clients, that were coming forward within me as I was working with and fielding trauma for 20 years. So this is an invitation for you, an invitation to learn more about how energy operates. Learn more about, more importantly, your soul, your spirit, that unwavering, infinite part of you that will always give you the answers that guide you forward in the way that you're meant to fulfill your mission on this planet. And it will do the same for your clients. This is an act of service for not only you, but for your loved ones and for your clientele as well. So allow this to be an invitation to just get curious, to allow that seed to be planted. And if that's all you get out of this episode, then I'm celebrating you. And I'm celebrating that you took the time to sit with yourself and receive this for 17 minutes today. And if it's something that you enjoyed, I encourage you to take a screenshot, share it on Instagram and tag me at Emerge Healing and Wellness. I'll share it back. We can chat this is our way of not only getting this information out there, but appreciating the collaboration that we have on this planet and that we are supporting one another and being able to elevate the vibration, which lowers disease of any kind, whether we're talking about mental health or physical health. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week on another episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. I'm so grateful you're taking the time to integrate healing at the deepest level. If you loved this episode, connect with me on Instagram at Emerge Healing and Wellness 
or contact me through my website at www.theakashictherapist.com. I'll see you next week on the next episode of the Akashic Musings podcast. Bye for now and have a wonderful week.